Welcome to Career Practitioner Conversations. This podcast is presented by the National Career Development Association. This episode features a conversation about parenting in the workplace with NCDA President Dr. Lakeisha Matthews and Dr. Sharon Glazer, Professor at the University of Baltimore. Hello, everyone. I'm Melissa Venable, NCDA Director of Professional Development, and I'm excited to bring this conversation to you today. Current NCDA President Dr. Lakeisha Matthews leads a conversation about parenting in the workplace with Dr. Sharon Glazer, Professor of Cross-Cultural Industrial and Organizational Psychology at the University of Baltimore. Thank you both for being here and for sharing your perspectives on this topic. Lakeisha, I will turn it over to you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Melissa, for that introduction. I am so very excited today to be launching this series. We're going to be talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And this is just one of the topics that's really near and dear to my heart. It's one of the topics that comes up with my clients and students all of the time. And one of my favorite people on the campus at the University of Baltimore is here with us today, Dr. Sharon Glazer. And uh, Sharon, I want to thank you for being here. You know, you really sit in this area of organizational culture, diversity, um, looking at things like organizational commitment and turnover and occupational stress. And I, I really think that, you know, your expertise really lends well to this conversation um, that we probably don't talk about enough um, in our culture of, of working parents. And I want to start off by giving a little context to you, Sharon, about why this is so important and why I just can't wait to hear what you have to say. When I think about myself, I am a working parent. I know that you also, Sharon, are a um, working parent, but I remember a time when I had first uh, switched to an organization and I had my daughter, she was maybe about two years old, still daycare age, and she got sick. And I remember a colleague who was not a parent saying to me uh, one day, you know, sometimes you leave and you say it's your daughter, is your kid really sick? I will tell you that comment impacted me even to this day, because to this day, I almost have a fear or anxiety sometimes if I have to use leave because my child is, is sick. And what I really saw there was someone who wasn't a parent really didn't understand what it was like to be a working parent. And I've seen this time and time again, even looking at our students at the University of Baltimore. So I want to dive in today. Uh, we're so happy to have you. And I'm just going to kick the first question over and ask you, what do you think um, really is the biggest challenge facing working parents today? Well, first of all, Lakeisha, I'm so excited to be here with you too. And uh, we had a wonderful session was it last year already, uh, mm -hmm. talking about this at the University of Baltimore? And it was fun to dive into that literature and, and think about my own experiences and, and, and really try to embrace that experience from the lens of both being a supervisor of others who are having uh, and young children, but then also reflecting on myself. I'm not a person who likes the hazing process. I went through something, <laughs> so you have to go through it too. I was never about that. And uh, I, I really appreciated that opportunity and therefore also really appreciate this opportunity to join you. And I'm really happy to be here. The, the question about what are the biggest challenges is uh, not a simple one because we're now still in a pandemic. Yes. Not 
as fearful of what's to come or what it's like or the ambiguity we experienced from two years ago. But we're still there and organizations and individuals alike are trying to balance and think about how do we make work life, work life and home life mm-hmm. balanced, integrated, separated. Everyone's a little bit different. So I think some of the issues that we're experiencing today are no different from before the pandemic. They're just on steroids. They're intensified. <laughs> you know, they're, the challenges of childcare, you know, the, Nowadays, schools are are so careful about not let, letting children come in with a cold. So a parent who's returned to an office now has to take on more sick time, potentially, because they may not be able to do their jobs from home because they're not set up to do their jobs from home. Even if we were able to adjust several two years ago, many companies have closed that adjustment up a little bit. But the schools haven't, they're still sending the kids home. <laughs> uh, work family interface, work family balance. I'll tell you about a study that I had done uh, for a client about work-life balance, hundred different answers from a hundred different people. And mm. uh, so it's, it is very different for each person. It's a unique situation. And we can talk about that if you'd like a little bit later, but Flexible work arrangements. It's not a new concept. It's a concept we've been talking about for a couple of decades Mm -hmm. now. (laughs) But again, it's on steroids because of the pandemic. Psychologically detaching. We're now having people hybrid working some days from home, some days uh, from an office, entirely from home. And it's hard for us to know how to detach, how to separate, how to create that separation. And then financial concerns permeate all through all of those. <laughs> Every aspect, the child care or dependent care, maybe you're taking care of an elder, uh, elderly person, the work face interface, uh, work family interface, uh, flexible work arrangements, all of that have financial implications. Wow. And the world's concerns are financially impacting us. Oh my goodness. You caught so many of the challenges. And I think, you know, for our listeners, um, we have to have a lens, an ear to this when we're working with clients, you know, um, you may want to change your career. You may want to be promoted. You might want to ask for more money, but then at the same time, personally, you have childcare concerns. It's sick time concerns. Do you have flexibility um, in the, in the workplace? And then just trying to balance all of that is just, it's, it's sometimes I feel we don't talk about that enough to really understand the implications that that has for people's career and career choices. And, um, we saw two things with the pandemic because I love the fact that you said we're still kind of experiencing this working parent phenomena, but in this pandemic phenomena as well, you know, we saw some folks where, they were able to work at home like I was, but then my kid was going to school at home. Yikes, that in itself had its own set of challenges. But then we saw other folks who needed to go to work, but the schools closed down. And now I have a daycare situation, you know, so just bringing that up and how you said, you know, even today, kids are being sent home from school for 
anything, you know, a cough, you know, and um, it just for a parent, particularly what industry you work on and what's available to you for leave, this can really have an impact on your career and your success. You know, the, the colleague who made that comment to me was just a colleague, but had it been a supervisor, you know, it could really have had an impact on my ability to advance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love something you said at the beginning about how you really try to keep your struggles and your experiences in mind as you supervise, right? Yeah. Your employees. And I've been very fortunate as well to have supervisors, um, two supervisors who were parents, uh, who provide some of that, you know, flexibility. So I think a part of this discussion is, you know, the client that we may work with, who is the working parent, part of the discussion is the organization. There, there, there are some policy issues in our culture uh, with uh, how we handle working parents. And then the other discussion, though, as well as supervisors and making sure that supervisors understand the plights of, of, of working parents. Wow, those were some really good um, challenges that you, you pointed out out there. So let's talk about what those challenges, because I I always like to ask this question, you know, all of those challenges bring certain stress factors, but do those challenges and stress factors impact genders the same way? Because that's also a part of this discussion. What do you think about that? Yeah, so no, it doesn't impact men and women exactly the same way. Uh, it There are some men who are the stay-at-home parent or the primary parent that cares for a child when there are changes in the child's schedule and, and there needs to be someone staying home. But we still see predominantly it's the women who are the mothers who, who are staying home with the children. And, and we see definitely gender differences are uh, everywhere. We we see from uh, Cambridge University, for example, has uh, some research that came out that uh, a woman making on average 80,000 pounds, right, British mm-hmm. currency, uh, working full time, they come home from work and they continue putting in 3.3 hours of time homeschooling, homework, re-educating, helping their children, and 3.8 hours of childcare each day on top of their work day. In comparison, fathers earning around the same amount are putting 2.1 hours of homeschooling time and 2.3 hours of childcare per day. Basically, women are spending 60% more time on childcare than men and these are working women and working men so we do see pay discrepancies we see promotion opportunities discrepancies and we see continue to see that women are take con- doing both right we we didn't say we want to go into the workforce so that we can have twice as much to do <laughs> we said we're going into the workforce because we can contribute to the workforce but hey fathers, you can contribute to the home life. <laughs> yes. It's very, it's very interesting. I, I, I am um, always really torn uh, about this, the way we sort of um, separate the American family from the American workplace. And we don't acknowledge that the American, the structure of American family, even with all the diversity that we have today, um, as far as gender and roles, there still remains this discrepancy. And this discrepancy when it comes to those who identify with women really does have an impact psychologically, emotionally, because, uh, you know, 
our bodies aren't built to be under undue stress for long periods of time. Um, and many find themselves running on fumes. Um, you mentioned the compensation piece. Uh, so many find themselves in situations where you kind of have two jobs, you know, your home job and your job job, and uh, but you're still getting paid less than someone, same skill set, same education out there. Um, and, you know, from a workplace, a work-life balance or flexibility programs, I just, there's probably more that could be done. Um, so I thanks for pointing those things out. And I'll tell you this, I look forward to the day. I don't know if it'll be five years, 10 years, but I look forward to the day when this isn't an issue. And I don't know what the, the resolution is because every family is different. You know, every person is different. Every job is different. But I look forward to that day where there's not a difference in um, one person in a partnership feeling that they are carrying more of the load, particularly if it's impacting them negatively. I look forward, you know, to the day when mothers are paid equitably, you know, with fathers um, and so forth. And I think that this is really something that we need to solve in, in, in our culture. And the thing in my research that was interesting is that there are actually other countries who have solved this. So there are solutions out there. There are other countries who are doing this a little bit better um, than we are in the U.S., but I, I'm still hopeful and I'm looking forward to that day. <laughs> if, I can, if I can add a little bit to that, you know, there, there, some of it is behavioral from what is offered to us, and some of it is really biological. There's a lot of research that is coming out in the last few years. For example, a study coming out from Israel recently showed that fathers who had more time to bond with their newborns at the birth of the newborn, and the study was done with uh, same-sex couples, so both men, and they have a better adaptation to parenthood uh, when they get to stay home with the child. And in Sweden, research showed that uh, paternal leave benefited their partners. So the so having a father in a, in opposite sex couples, paternal leave benefited the the female spouse who was actually taking less prescriptive anxiety medication as a result. So having that time, paternal leave along with maternal leave, having that time to bond with the child is really important. And in that same study coming out from Israel, it showed that the the men who were the primary caretakers, um, they actually, um, their brain structure resembled that of the female mother who both of them, the male uh, primary caretaker and the female primary caretaker, when they both, those people stayed home with their child at birth and to raise the child and to have that bond, they, their brain structure changed. They continue to have those strong emotional bonds. So why are women typically the ones to stay home? Maybe there's something, I don't know, maybe there's something biologically creating that sense of it should be me. I'm the one as the mother who is more closely attached. And in the case of uh, gay parents, it's the primary caretaker, the male figure who is the primary caretaker who has that closer bond. So can we get to that equality? Well, yes, if we had better systems in the United States, it's just, it blows my mind that we were until April, one of six countries in the world 
that did not have paid parental leave. And in August, that changed. We get four weeks paid parental leave, but that's not across the board, right? It's not, it's only if you are a sizable organization, gig employees don't get that. Small companies and can, can get away with not doing that. We don't have four weeks is now, is now required, but there's so many problems in our country. We don't have zero required vacation days. Yeah. Zero required vacation days in this country. Yeah. And then they're rolling those in to your PTO. So if you need to take a day off because your child's sick, ding, one less vacation day. Yeah. Well, I didn't, I don't call taking care of my child vacation to you. I love that because the system is broken. The system is broken. We have this, this, um, culture right now where we know we have parents and we have working parents and we have children, but we we somehow don't want to integrate it into work life. We we refuse almost as a culture to admit that we have to also have systems that work for families and for children and for parents. And for some reason, we want to keep all of these systems separate. And what's really amazing about it is when you think about a country or a culture and really wanting to make sure that the generations that come after it are successful, that really starts with parental leave and how we, they, they tell you time and time again, the first few years of a child's life are really, really critical, but yet we won't support parents in doing the best that they possibly can while working and welcoming a new child into their family. And I love the fact that you also brought up the impact biologically on both those who may identify as women or men, or there, there's even some study, like mm-hmm. you said, in same-sex couples around that. And, and I think it's so great what you said. Sometimes we accept what we're giving. So we've sort of just accepted in some companies that the only thing that's offered is this maternity leave, right? This There's no parental leave at all. It's like, oh, you're, you're a father, but you don't need to be there. <laughs> that, yeah. You know, it kind of, if we really sit back and talk about it a little bit, you know, maybe that will help us move those policies forward because I think um, we're, we're, and I heard this the other day, I was listening to something. Sometimes our individualistic culture really backfires on us in some ways. Sometimes we need to take some of those collectivistic, um, you know, ways of being and really look at how they help help the culture instead of hurting the culture. You know, yes, we work hard in America. Um, yes, we have a culture where we don't stop, you know, good and bad. Um, but we also want America to be here centuries down the road. And we want um, Americans you know, to to be able to thrive and not just survive. And I think that that's really one of the things, depending on where you work and what your leave policies are as a working parent, you're just in survival mode and you really yeah. can't get to this place of, of thriving. Those, those are just some great uh, points. And you led right into my next question, you know, about family leave laws. And uh, I love the fact that you mentioned that it's, first of all, it's all across the board, uh, what, what you get. Uh, some of us in higher ed may find that we get 
better options than folks in some of the other industries out there. So it's industry driven, driven is role driven, right? Am I non-exempt? Am I exempt? Am I hourly? Am I salary? Um, like you said, gig employees and just the options that may not be out there for some folks are um, really frightening. What do you think we need to do to change these policies and these laws? You know, what if someone's listening to this and they know a lot of their clients um, really struggle with some of the parental challenges, what can we do as career professionals to help speak to this issue? I honestly think that there are a few things we need to shift. And one of them is we need to prove in the bigger scheme of organizations how beneficial it is financially to an organization to provide parental leave. Your worker is not going to be productive if they are running on two hours of sleep because they had a colicky child up all night. Mm -hmm. So there is now research starting to come out to show that there is a financial benefit to organizations, improve productivity and performance. We mm -hmm. just have to be willing mm -hmm. to put those numbers in an Excel spreadsheet to prove it. <laughs> so that's one. We have to consider, or at, when my kids were small and I was living out in California at the time, I didn't have any family to help. It was just my husband and I, I, there was no support except our friends who are all in similar boats. When you're in Silicon Valley, uh, very few people are from Silicon Valley. You're all uh, visitors or if you, if you want <laughs> migrants to the, to the city, to the area. And I, it took a long time for me to find childcare that I trusted. It took a long time for me to feel comfortable with my kids being left alone with some stranger. Mm. Um, in fact, for my son, I had, who was the older one, um, I had an easier time. I just followed suit with another friend. And then that person who cared for him, she retired. Mm. And so when my next, when my child, my second child was born, I struggled to find a place for her. And one day when I picked her up and I saw that she was with soil diaper that was probably from the morning, Ooh. I didn't even blink an eye. I took her out. She was not going back. But because I'm in academia, I had that flexibility mm -hmm. to kind of work around the need to take care of her. It was hard. It was a huge struggle. Um, there were times that I took her to the classroom with me <laughs> teach because I didn't have anything else to do, but I was not going to dare put my child in harm, harm's way. And we know from the literature as well that paid leave is associated with lower infant mortality. So wow. we all, and we know uh, for the, the birthing mom who is uh, nursing that it also boosts the immunity and development of the child. So we can think about, okay, we're benefiting our future workforce. Yes. Yes. That holistic view of really understanding the impact. And I love what you said about, we need to put the numbers down, right? We need to really show that the proof is in the pudding um, is that if we provide this work-life balance, if we provide the right kind of policies, we will actually benefit from it versus losing from it. And I think that that's probably from an organizational standpoint, um, something that would really help uh, with policies in different companies. And you also spoke to 
to two great things, the child care piece, you know, this child care piece. And for those who um, may not be parents, may not have ever experienced what it is like to sit on your job and be worried about your child. It is not a good feeling. Um, I too had a struggle um, with finding child care. And I will say, and I'm just going to go ahead and just thank all of the grandparents out there who help with child care, <laughs> because I could not do what I am doing now as a director of a career center, um, as a president of uh, or a national organization, and to have gotten my doctorate with a child without grandparents, my mother-in-law, my father, my mother, um, they should probably have their name on my doctorate too, (laughs) because they were in it with me. Um, They were helping to put my daughter to bed. They were helping to pick her up from daycare um, when I had papers or when I have to travel. They are there. And this is the life of working parents. And I I really stress, too, the difference between people who are trying to also build and advance careers. Because when you're trying in this place of trying to build, advance, or maybe change careers, there's this extra energy that you have to put into your career. But you only have so so many hours in a day and so much energy to give. and you really do need support, um, not just that family support, but also this daycare support. And I'll tell you, um, I've seen it at our university. We always seems like um, every five years we come back to this question of should we have childcare on campus? <laughs> should we partner with another agency and do childcare? Yeah. It's like we always come back to this place of the parents on campus do have some challenges with childcare and how how should that look? What would you, if you were going in to consult with an organization and they said to you, you know, this childcare thing is a major issue for our employees, what would you say to a company, a CEO or someone really Mm -hmm. trying to explore how they could best help with the childcare situation? Well, if a company is in a position to provide childcare on premises, assuming people are back in the offices and people Mm -hmm. are utilizing it, they have to not skimp on pay. There is nothing, it, if, if they're going to skimp on pay of the child care providers who are taking care of their employees' children and they are paying the minimum wage, which many child care providers pay the people who care for other people's children, minimum wage or barrel or close to minimum wage, Mm-hmm. Um, you, you're not going to get quality care and you're not going to necessarily have high utilization mm-hmm. by your employees because people tend to love their children a <laughs> lot and are willing to take loans out if they had to, to make sure that their kids are not in harm's way. And But some people can't. Some people, that is stretching them too thin. They have to just take what's given and an organization should not skimp on this most valuable asset, their employees, people make the workplace. And if their children aren't in a good place, Mm. they're not going to help make that workplace flourish. The other thing, if a company can't afford it, or if they just say, you know what, we want you to have free range of decisions. Some people want their child in a in a a home environment. Some want them in a daycare environment. Some want them in a religious environment. Vouchers. Yes. Give certain vouchers. We Many companies, when they decided no longer to have gyms on premises, would give out vouchers to gyms. Does everyone use it? No. Some people use it. Let's do the same thing. People can choose or not choose to use vouchers 
that will help subsidize the cost of childcare. And if someone chooses to have childcare that costs $500 a week, mm. and that voucher is for $300 a week, they supplement. <laughs> they, it, we're not locked in. So vouchers is another way. Building community, of course, is very important. Um, and, and I think that any person who is counseled to, for, for careers and opportunities and has to move away from family, yeah. they should also be prepared to engage in a lot of social in activity. Mm. More important than buying the house that they're going to live in is creating a social experience for themselves and their children because you need to be able to pick up the phone and say, hey, Lakeisha, can you watch my child? Because I, I, I can't balance everything and I need help. And the child care provider canceled today on me. Mm-hmm. We need that to be able amazing. to I love. I really love that as a practical tip that career coaches could give to their clients who are having issues with daycare. Because sometimes um, clients who are trying to relaunch careers, they may not have a car or transportation. They may not have child care. Well, how do you get the job if you don't have the things that you need in place to pay for it, you know, because you need the money for it. So that community is really um, key. And I'll tell you, uh, when we relocated from Baltimore City to Howard County, we didn't know anyone. The closest relative was my mother, who's about 20 minutes away. And I'll tell you one of the most precious experiences that I had is I was intentional about getting to know the other parents. It was something very important to me. And there's a a, a student in my daughter's class. And this is, they were probably in second or third grade um, at this time. And I got to really know her mother uh, very well. And, um, you know, she, she, we were talking one day and she said, oh, you work in Baltimore City? I said, she said, oh, that's pretty far. I said, yeah, you know, the traffic, it can be intentional. She says, if you ever need help, you know, let me know. I was like, okay, you know, and I was still in that place of really know her, you know, things like that. Well, we were on campus one day. I'm on campus in Baltimore City and we're in a meeting. I'm literally in a meeting and with HR of all the places to be. I'm like in this training. Right. And Mm -hmm. um, it starts to snow. And I got one of those alerts on my phone that says classes, school is closed, right? So I'm kind of sitting there and I'm like, oh God, I got to leave. I have to go. I'm a pickup parent. And I'm running. We ended the meeting because luckily a few other parents were in the meeting and they they got the same kind of alert. And I remember I'm running in high heels across campus to my office, grab my coat and I'm leaving. And that parent texts me and said, are you close by? And I, I said, no, I'm not. She said, I'll grab joy yeah. for you. Yeah. And the relief, just the, the relief and the stress relief while I'm sitting there in my car that just rolled off of me in that moment, knowing yeah. that someone can, understood what it's like to be a working parent and to have a disruptive moment like that. It just, I'll never forget it because it was just so thoughtful. And she has really become a big support system for us um, with our daughter, with both my husband and I working um, in, in the city. So that community um, and it really encouraging uh, when we're doing career coaching, uh, working parents to have that community. I think that that is yeah. great um, because a lot of people, you know, they feel like I want to get ahead and things like that, but I have these priorities and, you know, I feel like I'm being dinged or held back because I have to leave on time, right? Or because I have, I, I, I can't come to this. But when you have that support system in place, mm-hmm. 
you can do some of those things that you need to do to get your uh, career ahead. I also really liked what you said about fair compensation and wages. So the, the research does show that a lot of women, and I think even today we're starting to see families make the choice between the women or the man or yeah. whoever's in the relationship that may make less take stepping out of the workforce. So even if it's a same sex couple, whoever is making less may say, it's not even worth it paying the daycare with the wage that I'm earning. Because by the yeah. time we pay for the daycare, there's nothing left. So I'm, I'm literally working for daycare. And I've seen so many people have to do that. I've seen both um, mothers and fathers step out of the workforce and not even really by choice. Because I always say kudos to the mothers and the fathers that just decide this is what I want to do. I want to be stay-at-home parent. I think that that is absolutely fantastic and great. But I think that there are also a lot, and I, I've known a lot who didn't want to step out of the workforce, but had to because of mm -hmm. the wages. So I thought that that was really a, a, a good point for employers to remember that in this country, childcare is very expensive. Mm -hmm. Pre-K is not required in all school districts. So you're looking at at least until your child gets, what, five or six before they can actually go to school full time. So you have five or six years where you need some sort of child care option. Mm -hmm. I thought what you Plus said- more if you have more children. Exactly. And the more children you have, the more expensive, mm -hmm. right, that this gets. And it's really interesting to me because then I while you were talking, I said, a lot of these CEOs and uh, VPs of HR, they have children also. But what I've come to learn is that with socioeconomic status, as it grows, parenting changes. And I had a employer, uh, a supervisor one time whose boss was an executive and said to her, at your level now, you're supposed to have a nanny. So it was this idea of it's almost like I think sometimes some of the executives can't relate anymore to being this working parent at a lower um, compensation level, because when your income reaches a certain threshold, different types of resources are now open, mm -hmm. you know, to mm -hmm. you. So that was really I thought that was such a key point, what you said about those fair wages. Yeah, thank you. And um, something you had said earlier in our conversation um, about the the shift of parenting and who is parenting. Yeah. I think it's really interesting to note that in 1975, when you had uh, two parents in a home, 44% of those households were supported by the father's income only, whereas today it's around 20%. Wow. And then in 1975, just under 15% of the families were single mothers. Today, over 25% wow. are single mothers. So we're seeing, I mean, so we've been talking a lot about the dual mm -hmm. income household. Mm -hmm. It's a whole nother level wow. for those who are single parents, single caretakers of their children and the importance of that network that we were talking about before becomes all the more important. Mm. And uh, we haven't figured it out in this society. We really haven't. Uh, and it's not so much an individualism collectivism thing either. It's somewhat of a mastery cultural value ah. because we do see, I mean, think of Western Europe. Mm -hmm. If if you look at the data of um, 
Schwartz, uh, who's one of the preeminent scholars in the domain of values, Western Europe is much more autonomous Mm. oriented than we are in the United States, but they have all the laws to promote (laughs) the autonomous thinking, the effective emotional autonomous experiences that people want to have. And in the United States, we're so focused on mastery, Hmm. being present in our workplace, that we have to become deep experts. That's the way you grow. That's a, hmm. We have forgotten about who we are in relation to other people. We look at ourselves as how do we grow to be dominant over something? And so why should chief executive officers and chief human resources officers think that anybody else wouldn't want to just climb a ladder right now? Not everyone wants to. Some people want. Some people just want to be able to be, mm-hmm. enjoy life, work because they need to support a family and enjoy their work. We have a different cultural mentality here. It is too oriented toward uh, work centrality as opposed to family. Well said. That that meritocracy that keeps us yeah. kind of on that hamster wheel where. It's never enough. There's always something else to conquer. Absolutely. And it does not fit into a parenting culture. It doesn't really fit into a family structure. And those statistics that you gave about how the uh, the breadwinner has really changed is so interesting that that has changed. Who works has changed. But our structures and our policies haven't changed. And it, right. I think it's, you know, it's, it's just very interesting how we just insist on keeping these separate, even when other countries have shown us that there can that can be a better way that is not counterproductive to a profit for a company at all. And I love the fact that you brought up single parents. So I am the product of a single parent family. And whether it's it's a father or a mother, by all means it is very, very difficult to merge family and career when you are doing it all on yourself. I, it would behoove me not to give kudos to my own mother who not only uh, Mm. raised me and worked full-time, but also completed her education, her bachelor's degree while she was raising me. And it took her longer, you know, than the typical four or five years, but she did that. And I, as a person who is married and has a partner to help me do this has no clue how my mother did that. I don't know where she got the energy, the financial resources. Mm -hmm. I have no clue how she survived this place of being a working parent um, and in the culture that she, you know, was working in. But there's so many parents out there, whether they're widowed, um, you know, whether they adopted as a single Mm -hmm. parent or whether they are a single parent that are also a part of this conversation. There are same-sex couples that are a part of this uh, conversation. There are foster care parents, you know, who are a part of this conversation. So um, I love, and I think it's a great place to end where you said, you know, we're just not there yet. And I think the point of this podcast today, and I I thank you so much for being a part of it, is um, to bring awareness to career coaches that when we're talking to people about their dreams and their next step and their next level, if they're working parents, we also should be talking to them about managing that, about thriving in that space, about what they need or what obstacles they may have and connecting them to resources. Um, I think that that is so important so people can 
I, I always, this is one of my favorite saying, so that people can thrive in their workplaces yes. and not just survive. You know, what a great culture and, and how awesome would companies be if every employee was thriving? Any final comments? Yeah, I, I, I would like to reflect just for a moment on something else that's, I think, a, maybe a piece of advice we can provide our, our listeners who are in the workplace and maybe want to change some things. Many companies are now instituting opportunities for people to volunteer 75 hours, 100 hours of their work time during their work day, they can volunteer. We talked a lot about what happens to parents pre-school, but there's a lot that happens when they're in school and parents want to be connected and want to volunteer. That should never be PTO. That should never be vacation time. I would love to see us get into a routine in this country where every company, every organization reinforces, encourages, and even awards people for donating 75 hours that the, in, the, the company provides them to do whatever they want with, 100 hours, whatever it may be. Wow. And that when parents volunteer in their children's schools, that's counted as volunteer time that is not hours that a person needs to find some time at night or weekend to make up or take a wow. vacation for it. So I, I really, we, there's, I, there's so much more we can talk about here. Yeah. <laughs> I know that is so innovative. I love, and that's what, this is what we need. We need innovation, right? How to, how to meet in the middle. You're right. You have the parents, you know, I get these all the time, the field trip, right. Or parents yeah. come and volunteer for this. And you're sitting there looking at your leave <laughs> and you're trying to figure out, can you go? Could you stay all day, half day? Uh, those, those sorts of things, but you're right. What an easy way to take something that's already in place and some companies and and use that to support working parents. But the greater good is is not just supporting that working parent and their child, but the school. You know, and there's that that link too between the working parents and the school system and not keeping that just a separate thing because it's not. Because when school closes, that impacts your workforce, right? And it's not just the parents who get the benefit. If if someone doesn't have children, they can use those hours To volunteer at an animal shelter. I mean, you don't, it's not just for, it's across the board, equal opportunity for everyone to donate time of the organization, whatever number of hours, use it as you want. Yes. For the greater good. For the greater good. I think it's so important for organizations. And this is why I thought you were the perfect person to speak to this, for organizations to realize the impact they have on communities and the culture. Organizations and companies, be they large or small, have such an opportunity to become embedded and and meet the needs of their communities through policies like that. I think that that is so wonderful and such an innovative. Thank you so much uh, for being here with us today. I'm going to turn it back over to Melissa at this time. I'm just excited. Thank you so much for having me. Dr. Matthews and Dr. Glazer, thank you so much for bringing this conversation to NCDA's podcast. I think it's going to resonate with our listeners and certainly uh, with those career development professionals who are working with uh, working parents. So thank you all again. We'll see you on the next episode.